All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the first edition of the Hella Podcast. Hella. Hella. Double Hella. Uh, I'm Brandon McGrath, your host, uh, and I'm here with co-curator, uh, kind of co-founder of this since we've been talking about this forever, uh, my man Clifton Cump. How's everybody doing this evening or this morning or whenever you have this in your ear hole? <laughs> or whatever time <laughs> you just happen to be listening to this random uh, awesome podcast by us awesome Northern Nevadans. Uh just a brief synopsis of what this podcast is going to be about since this is our first episode. Um, what we're really trying to do here for our listeners and for everybody is to, A, uh, really want to show and, and kind of sell uh, the fact that we, Northern Nevada, have a really good perspective on the world uh, and that we can – listen to my phone beeping in the background <laughs> – that we can uh, – uh, you know, not only be educated and, and kind of show ourselves in light that is uh, a worldview, that we know kind of what's going on and we want to kind of share with you guys. Not only that, but I want to have guests on, you know, everybody, no matter who you are, what you are, if you enjoy the show or whatever, uh, email us. You can email us at uh, brandon at the Uh If you have any interest uh, or want to come on the show or have something to talk about or a business to plug or something like that, we'd be more than happy to have you. Um, and we just want to basically represent Northern Nevada. And we also want to um, basically just have fun and talk about world events and cool stuff around uh, Reno, Nevada and the, the Tri-City area of Reno Sparks, Carson City. Tri-Cities. Mm, that's right. And Tahoe, because we are so damn close to that beautiful place up there. Hella beautiful. It's so <laughs> awesome. You know, it's so funny, man. Um, one of the funniest things that annoys the shit out of me is when people are all, oh, so you live in Nevada, huh? And people are like... Oh, so you're like right near Vegas. Yeah. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're nowhere near Vegas no. because it's such a shithole. And if anybody's listening to this, I'm saying it right now. <laughs> it <laughs> really is, is a shithole. It, it is his opinion. And it's actually kind of mine also. I have friends that live there. Um, and I go down there to visit them. And I have fun because I love those people that are my friends sure, there, well, right? of course. Uh, but being in that city past the lights and the bullshit, it's awful. It's just another giant, sprawling, kind of suburban ridiculousness you know and there's not to not to devalue the fact that there is some cool things around vegas like well, red like rocks else, right? and mount charleston and stuff like that and there's some beauty there and grand canyon and lake mead there's some cool stuff there but it's like it's like a place and it's so funny because we didn't mean to talk about this but this to totally just came up las vegas is one of those places where it's like la it's where people go because they're dreaming of something right it's a small I, i've always said and i've always heard this explained to it as me like this is that it's actually small la yeah, it really is. Well, it's, it's a small LA. Yeah, it's excuse me. Uh, size wise, and not only that, but people wise, it's actually almost the same size now. Considering Henderson and That's kind true. of the whole area, there's I think there's something like five million people there, which is three million. Something there's insanity. a insanity. Yeah, it's it's literally yeah <laughs> probably ten times the population of this upper northern Nevada area. Sure. Excuse me. Let me grab some water. Water. Mm. So, anyways, I'm being sniffed on by this beautiful pit bull. His name is Pharaoh. He's old dog. now. He's so handsome, though. He is handsome. Aren't you handsome? Yeah. yeah you just stare at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo I love my pit bulls. I've had pit bulls now for this guy for uh, almost nine years. And then uh, our female, uh, Madison, is almost 10 years old. She'll be 10 this next year. It's insane, yeah. dude. I've They're like them. life companions. Yeah. They're the best dogs. They really are. My girlfriend, Valerie. Uh, who who is kind of basically the mom of both the pitbulls, obviously, but who's it's so funny because Madison was her our our female pitbull who was a, a dark brindle and she's such a ham 
it was like her gift uh, for her birthday. You know, years ago we went to the Humane Society. Of course, rescue. You have to rescue dogs. I, I feel like if you buy a dog, it's just bad anymore because breeding well, is out of control. <coughs> and not only that, but it's just like senseless, especially with all the dogs that need needs need homes out there. So. Um, yeah, they enrich my life, man. I, I love those dogs. They're great. I've always so. loved dogs, too. I, I think as a pet, I think someone that likes anything else as a pet really doesn't understand what it's like like to have a pet. They are a companion. That's why you should have them. Um, and as a companion, there's they're no better. They're happy to Absolutely. be at home. They love Absolutely. you unconditionally. And if you take care of them, they will provide you with dude. Endless hours of companionship and fun. They so you hit the nail on the head as far as dogs go. What do you think about cat people? Well, if you know me, you know I do not like cats. I know we're in the same boat. So I asked you kind of. <laughs> I think that a cat, and this is gonna give, this is gonna people are gonna hate me for this, but a cat reminds me somewhat of a woman that wants drama. So hold on, wait, hold on. So the reason why I think that is because a cat generally will only come to you if it wants attention. Any excessive attention or stimulus on the cat will cause a cat to just claw the fuck out of you, bite (laughs) you. But at the guise of playing, right? Yeah. So I've I've always understood it with myself that a girl that is dramatic doesn't want your attention until she wants it. Yeah, yeah. But she'll pull out every big gun, every, you know, every thing she can to get your attention. And that's what when cats do. When she wants do. it. Right. And that's what yeah. cats do. Yeah. If you give them too much attention, they fucking hate you. Yeah. And that's They'll what go I piss think on of, your curtains and that's, or I, some I'm, stupid and, shit like that. I know. And that's why I've always thought of a cat as a dramatic woman, like and a I, stripper it's totally the yeah, correlation. Like some drama. Just, just a girl loves drama. <laughs> the, and not only that, but the fact that they shit in a box in your house somewhere and it smells the, awful. Yeah, they and, shit in a box. Yeah. And they're dirty and they shed and yeah, they have long crazy. hair and I I sneeze every time I'm around a cat. I, it's so funny because I, I watched a and, – and I hate watching these shows, but you get sucked into them. It was one of those shows about like parasitic infections <laughs> that like get into people and, and this fucking – no joke, like this one cat clawed its owner's chest and it had been digging in the yard and it got a, I believe it's called a hookworm. I, I don't remember what it was, but this hookworm buried itself all the way in the human's heart and it ended up killing the guy. Holy Cause shit. Because they couldn't find out what was wrong with him for the longest time. And when they finally found out what it was, it was too far gone. The dude ended up dying. But ever since that, I'm just like, I'm never, I'm never going near a cat. No, and, they're evil. Yeah, they really they're are. Fucking they're fucking straight evil. up evil. And, and, and I think it's true that they come in at night when you sleep, they try to swallow your soul. <laughs> I think they do too. <laughs> I think they do too. But there's nothing more beautiful in this world than a big cat, like oh, a tiger, yeah. Oh, yeah. a panther, anything like that. I don't really consider them the same thing. If you look at them, their eyes are different. You know, cats' eyes are different than a, than a, a wild sure, cat's eyes, sure, than like a true. tiger or a lion or whatever. I, th- I think, um, yeah, absolutely. Even like a bobcat or something like that, like oh, a wild amazing. or feral they're cat so like majestic. that. They're so cool. Oof. So fucking cool. Yeah. And then you get the, like the jungle cats that are yeah, just which are, amazing, right? Yeah the world dude. there's some there's a lot of cool shit in this world uh, animals yeah uh, just the world in general like it's so funny the other day it wasn't the other day it was probably you know this afternoon when i was out out and about at, at my job in my huge ass delivery truck <laughs> you know looking at everybody i was thinking 
people always want to fight over the creation of the world or how it came about or is it the Big Bang or you know what? Let's worry about something else and let the people that are smart enough to <laughs> to understand. Well, but the I mean, around them. they don't really understand. They think they do, but I yeah. mean, just let them deal with it. Sure. Worry about yourself. Well, it's just like and to that point, for sure, it's it's like not being able to accept things that we've found that, you know, astrophysicists and nuclear physicists and all these people who who have studied using the scientific method, which is a form of studying. It's, you know, it's it's a way to find out facts and it's a way to find out what's real and what's not in our world, uh, contextually speaking, because. I mean, who knows that there's something else right beside us right now, and because we're vibrating on this yeah, wavelength, yeah. we can't see it, right? So, exactly. Um, I still am. I'm a very fact-based, science-based person. I'm an atheist openly. Everybody knows that about me. Um, but I still love spirituality, and as long as the view of it has to do with the embitterment and compassion uh, of the world and the people around you, I don't think there's any sense in other than back in the day when religion was used as a form of social control because they didn't have rules yeah. and they didn't. Really have other than you know maybe a basal moral compass inside them um they didn't have anything else to guide them there was no you know there was nothing there was nothing there's no con- no uh, no text out there to tell you what's good and what's bad and if you li- even look at the religious texts now the stuff in them is so ridiculously just outdated and so odd and and the fact that people these days take those fundamental words in those teachings or whatever you want to call them basically they're just books that were handed down through oral tradition over time most of them um with with a lot of really same congruencies across the board for many different religions and it's one of the things that seems very false about it is that it back then it made sense back then to be christian or to be uh catholic or whatever else made sense because there was nothing else that was governance that made that made something uh, into a system of control. You know, that's why they had the caste system and the feudal system and all this stuff because they were still trying to get it right. We're still trying to get it right with, with capitalism and, and democracy and oligarchy and all the stuff that we have going on now. And it's kind of profound to be able to sit back, at least for myself, obviously, and, and look at the world and go, it's all beautiful, but it can all be real fucking dark too. And and the hatred and the stuff that comes along with it, especially for people who take it so seriously. Um, so yeah, that's I mean that's kind of my little religious rant. Didn't really want to go down that path too much tonight, but it kind of came up. <laughs> it's it's always there. Um, it's always but, an issue. Yeah, absolutely. A good correlation and a good thing to talk about from that as we speak about the world is, and one of the topics we want to talk about tonight: global warming. Um, I think, <laughs> I think because people who are religious believe that there's some buddy out there holding the puppet strings on this world that they're okay to just fuck it up or something because it's a lot of right-wing crazy christian and in our nation we see this a lot because that's really the sect of people that are crazy like that and that don't believe in in the science behind the polar ice caps melting and the oceans are going to get colder because those ice caps melting it's going to cause crazy changes in the weather patterns eventually when the ice caps melt everything's going to get really fucking warm and we're all going to die it's going to be inhabitable or uninhabitable i should say um and just the facts that people aren't, aren't, aren't even looking at, and they just want to sit back and go, that's not real. You've got assholes bringing snowballs into Congress and saying, well, there's snow outside, so global warming must be fake. Well, what it is more about, and I think that that's why Congress and everybody try to push that, that global warming phrase out, yeah. um, because it does, it's at its core saying the globe is warming or the world is warming doesn't hit home. Um, 
and not only that, but it doesn't allow you for that understanding of that it's going to take several years, maybe not in our lifetime, but you have to think ahead. And so many people are just thinking for right now that that's the base, that's the biggest problem we face right now. It's a problem with energy. Our energy future is shit right now because oil companies own everything. They have their money in politics, they have their money in everything, and they're polluting the world just as bad as, you know, cattle ranching. Cattle ranching is one of the worst polluters right now that they can make much more efficient, but they don't because it's a billion-dollar industry. Well, it is it is a, I mean, it is a billion-dollar industry, and it is all about how they can, how they can make more money absolutely but, but but i think what you were what you were speaking of before is they came up with the term climate change to describe what was going on with the climate yeah absolutely. but i think the right wingers and the people who are are not a believer of global warming latched onto the term climate change because the climate does change in the earth. It's yeah. it's it's happened over time, but not at the frequency it has lately. Yeah. It's there there are islands that are preparing for the rise in the level of the ocean. It's going to literally wipe out all their all their all their all you know all, it's going to wipe out all their beachfronts. It's going to which, by the way, is where all major populations in, especially third world countries, almost are there, almost near the every water. population in any country is yeah. on the beach because that's the the most comfortable climate to live. Plus, Absolutely. plus you have you have your ports, you have your fishing, you have you know all of your entries can come there. You can you you have all your trade. I mean, there's everything on the literally on the beach. Yep. And and that's those <laughs> are going to be the beach. first things what? that are going to go. Boy, yeah. gone. They'll be, yeah, yeah, they'll absolutely be gone. They say if even just the percentage that we're seeing now over the next fifty years continues to happen, LA will be underwater. Well, every uh, LA will be underwater. Florida, almost the entire the entire. Yeah, it's Florida. already starting to go. The All keys of, are right. starting to are starting to go underwater. Right. Venice, Venice, right. Italy's experienced more flooding than they have in the past thirty years because the water levels. Right, and that's you know? how can you deny that? They do, and they do. That's the craziest thing to me is is the fact that the fact that the facts are in your face and people right. can still deny right. them. They don't right. call them facts because they're partial truths. They call them facts because they are proven that they're happening. They're real and and it's going on in front of your fucking face. And yet people decide that oh, I'm going to pick and choose the facts that I want to believe. But you can't do that. There's no. If something presents itself as truth in your reality, I don't care who you are or what your belief system is, you have to respect that. Well, but they aren't living in reality. Yeah, That's the problem. They right. have their own – they have they have constructed their own reality based on their beliefs, which – look. But if it isn't factual, does it make it real? Well, you can make anything you want in your I mind real, could. right? I guess you could. Yeah, you're I right. I mean you can do it about everything. Like if you – Never left your house. What is your reality? Well, you walk out on your porch and you see sagebrush and you see birds and you never see another human being. That's your reality, right? Like if you literally, if you're ignorant and you just don't know, if you've lived in the country, if that's how you grew up, if, if that's how you were raised, it's a different story. But you can literally make your own reality. People do it all the fucking time. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right. And, and and that gives way to the you know 
the word sheltered is a true thing. People shelter themselves from facts and from reality. Shelter and, themselves, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Because that's what they choose. Because when you have to reevaluate your own reality, then it becomes tough. Yeah. Like if you if you have to reevaluate constantly reevaluate your own reality, which could be, hey, I'm happy with my home, I'm happy with my family, I'm happy with what I've what I've worked hard for over the years, what I've accrued and collected, and you can change your own reality as much as you want. Absolutely. Well, and and the thing is with augmenting your reality, you have to deal with complacency. And as a society and the way things are going today, it's very easy to be complacent when you live in a consumer-based society. Absolutely. As long as you have the things that make yep. you excited to have them, and as long as you have you know, shelter and are able to feed yourself, people don't give a shit past that kind of stuff. And that, to me, is tragic because there's a lot of fucking human beings in this world. <laughs> that don't have to have Absolutely. dick. And not only that, but, but I, I'm a true believer that we are all connected. Somehow oh, we're we, all energy. It's a, it's a, we all, we're all, we're all, all energy, energy. We're all matter. We all came from the same exploding fucking star as far as I'm concerned. And you know what? If I'm going to share a planet with you, God damn it. I'm going to love you unless you give me reason to hate you. Right. You know? And, and the shitty part of that is there's a lot of fucking people out there who want to give you a reason to hate them. They want to go out and, and try and take women's rights away. They want to go out and, and yell at somebody for wanting less guns on the street so that less kids get killed in fucking school shootings. They want to, you know, Numerous things over the last couple years that have been happening in in our own world. Again, our worldview, our reality, right? The things that we see sure. every day. Sure. Um, from my perspective, is is it's getting very divisive uh, lately. It's getting very um, uh, God to describe it. It's just uh, I, I don't know um, Orwellian, maybe. I don't, it's just crazy, like the way that things are going. Uh, with not only the, the way that people are reacting with their own personal human nature to the changes in society and changes in, in governance and whatnot. I mean, as a country, if we continue to want to move forward as a country and be a better nation, a more compassionate nation, a nation that does stand up for what it believes in, I mean, I'm not one of those people who's like, well, fuck the defense and, and we, should, we should just dissolve our army and just worry about infrastructure. That's bullshit. I mean, you need to have a defense force. I understand. But when your country is spending twice... The closest country. I mean, we spent I think six hundred eighty billion last year in defense for a year of defense. And and you know, people listening, if you realize that probably thirty billion would pay for the education of everybody in America's college, literally for like four years. Um, yeah, we could have an educated society, or we can have a, a overly gluttonous defense fund that we don't ever have to freaking use because we have drones doing the work for us. Well, yeah, and what's also what also makes that more insane is that huge number. Pays a regular soldier on the ground nothing less than yeah. what you can make being a department lead at fucking Walmart. Totally. And the thing that <laughs> sickens me is it pays a soldier that's on the ground who's risking his life yeah. for quote unquote freedom. Yes. Which is absolute yeah. fucking malarkey absolute and bullshit. Crap. You sending people to war for your oil interests or yes. for Halliburton Interest. or for defense contracts yeah. or for nation building yeah. or for trying to remove, you know, despot regimes or whatever kind of excuse you want to, which half of it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Period. And the thing is, is they feed this to the American people, and so many people are, are ignorant and uneducated about how that's working, that they, A, don't want to realize what's going on, kind of an inner, inner, wow, ignorance is bliss situation, or they, B, just don't give a fuck. 
They literally like will look at the f- again, come back to it, look at the facts in front of their face and go, meh, fuck it. Well, the, that's your, I mean, in, in our age, the information age, it's both more trying and easier to get the information you need. There's so many outlets to get the information that you want, but it's also harder to, to, to work through all that information and to find what really is the truth. What's the middle ground, right? Because as we all know, like truth is generally somewhere in the middle. Yeah, totally. And people in the United States are so, so divided now because the people that are the talking heads that, that, that are speaking for each side, they have they, they they push that 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 us or them mentality mentality or, absolutely. or, or the rhetoric yep. on 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 everybody that follows them and and they you can't I believe the only way is to I mean honestly you can't make everybody happy and you never are yeah. but there's got to be a there's got to be a middle ground. There's got to be middle ground somewhere. Just as like you said, it. I think that gun violence is is hard to understand because I don't think that more backgrounds will help. I think that if the people that were supposed to be doing these these background checks did them correctly then we wouldn't be having these problems because yeah. how did the shooters in San Bernardino get their guns? Well, they had a guy buy them for him who was obviously a, he, he, he was a, a radical Muslim. He had converted and these other radical Muslims, uh, they, they asked him to join the cause and he did. And they purchased, they, 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 this, this, this guy who wasn't Muslim, he converted, bought these guns from who the hell knows? Probably from a, uh, either a right. gun show or right. – he probably didn't buy it in California. I would imagine he would come <laughs> exactly. here and go to a gun show because it's it, so easy. Exactly. So do your due diligence Yeah. as a gun dealer, as a gun owner. Hey, why do you, why do you want this? Yeah. Why do you want a machine gun yeah. that can literally, with one trigger pull, kill someone? Why do you want it? Are you are you an? Do you love guns? Are you going to use it to hunt, or are you buying it for your homies that are going to spray a whole entire Xmas party? <laughs> you know, like ask those questions, right? Absolutely, ask well, those questions. Well, and so I agree that the expanded background checks thing won't work unless the person administering does their fucking job. Totally, right? Absolutely. Um, but I do like the fact that with this executive order that just went through, that Obama went through, that, that there is going to be a mental health aspect. Because the problem is, is that if 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 you go for a background check, if you were in a psych ward at some point, that's not on your record. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like yeah. if you go in the psych ward because you're suicidal at some point, right. or if you have all that stuff's covered by doctor patient uh, confidentiality. Y- yeah. The problem yeah. with that yeah, being covered. Exactly. It's compliant, so you can't put it in a record for someone unless there's a felony charge involved with it or whatever else. Um, nobody's ever going to see that, and that's problematic because most of the people doing these crimes definitely have to have some sort of mental problem, whether it's sure. whether it's being bipolar or whether sure. it's just actually being psychotic or whatever else. And if they're diagnosed with those things, there should be a registry for them to say, hey, 
you know, it's still HIPAA compliant, whatever else, but take this, this factual information that you found out by, by dealing with this person in that capacity and put it in this file somewhere so that if he, he wants to go buy an AK-47 or even a handgun, that people like that should not own guns. They shouldn't own something that they can go in and start pulling a trigger and instantly kill people, okay? Right, right, Make right, them right, right. use a machete or something so that at least only one person dies instead of 19 right. or however many, you know? And, right. and I hate to say that, but it's true. If somebody came at me with a freaking machete, I would charge them and try and save my own life. <laughs> right. Whereas if somebody points a gun at me, there's nothing you could do in the instance between when you realize you're getting a gun pointed at you and when they pull the trigger. Right. Well, well if, if they want it to happen, it, it's going to happen. And I, I mean, on this here, my... I have a hard time thinking that a Syrian refugee is less of a lover of the United States than someone that will not do their 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 due work when it comes to figuring out who wants to buy a gun as a gun dealer. Absolutely. If you want to be a patriot, you figure out and you do your work, do what you need to do. To figure out who's coming in your establishment trying to purchase a gun. Yeah. Well, in the pro- and again, due diligence comes on the back of the proprietor, right? Like Absolutely. That's it. what I'm saying. And the thing is, is that when you live in a capitalistic society where everything is profit motive, everything yeah. is money based, I know. you don't give a shit. You just want to move products, move you units, move right? Products. And that's a, pr- that's a problem in and of itself. Um, and you know, it's not like we can do anything to cure that because that's how society works. It's goods and services, you know, barter system of old, the trade system of new it's, it's, there's nothing. I mean, what could you do? What could you do to improve that other than having some oversight, uh, to every single process, having somebody that maybe make it mandatory that, that gun shops have to have a person who just does the licensing. Yeah. I mean, that might be huge. And, and not only that, but that'll be part of you running the business. Hey, you've got to hire somebody at 15 an hour Absolutely. or whatever to push paperwork for every gun that goes through. Yeah. But it's their ass, you know, federally if they don't do it right. And right. I think that's maybe that's a, 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 a solution that's to That's a it. good idea. I think that's a good idea. Um, I think that we, we got good ideas. Maybe we'll have some good ideas on this podcast. That'll be a good thing, huh? Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> somebody that can actually make these changes will. We'll hear it. Ooh, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Syrian refugees, um, and we're sorry, guys, we're not going to talk about just you know just the Debbie Downers, the current events. We'll talk about <laughs> some fun stuff here in a little bit too. But since we're on the subject, what do you think about the refugee crisis, man? The Syrian refugees coming over here, and you have the whole right wing people and the governors, you know, want to keep them out and all this stuff. What do you think about it? Well, I think the problem there is also is that is that the the visa vetting. Um, issue is that the government is not doing the work they need to do to make sure these people do not have um, ulterior motives in mind coming over here. Now, with that said, we wouldn't be a country if there were not immigrants. My literally grandmother she came over on the boat with her husband. She was from Austria, full-blooded Austrian, and her her husband was full-blooded Irish. And they came over on the boat, got into port, got work visas, made a life, made my pops, he made me. <laughs> okay? They Which were immigrants. Cool. I'm like a second-generation immigrant. And That's I, actually really cool and rare. 
it is very rare and it's very cool that I'm still around to, 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 to understand how it was. So, of course, if as a country we didn't allow immigrants in here because when the Irish – when my grandfather, when he came over, the Irish people were thought of dirtbags and scum. Completely. And Funny saying, yeah. my grandfather used to tell me, which is totally racist but true, is when the Irish came over, uh, the saying in New York was, uh, Irishmen will do for a nickel what a nigger will do for a dime. That's what I'm saying. And Irishmen were basically <laughs> the carpetbaggers right. taking people's jobs because there were so many of them coming over because the freaking country was having a, a, an epidemic at the time. And they were absolutely hated yeah, because absolutely of that. absolutely hated. Yeah. Because of that. But you know what? They worked hard. They they help build the whole entire East Coast. I mean, look, look at Boston. Yeah, absolutely. they have a huge Irish contingent there. Yep. I mean, you know, so I mean, what I'm trying to say is this: this country is based off Im- the immigration. We are a melting pot, and yeah. we're the only country that does that. Granted, but I don't believe that that the Muslim religion. Is is a nefarious thing. I believe that there are always going to be followers and adherents to any belief system that are going to be um, extreme. Absolutely, uh, you know. It's, and that'll kind of bring us to another topic. So let's talk more about the refugees real quick. Um, my opinion is very consistent with yours. However, a few different caveats. I, what I look at is I look at where these refugees are coming from. I look at the fact that their country has been in upheaval because of Bashir al-Assad has basically uh, com- committed complete and total atrocities against the people, his own people. Yeah. Uh, um, not only that, but if you're not of a certain religious type or whatever else, you get treated. It's almost like a caste system over there. It's crazy. What, 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 a, what they went through, and B, all the shit that they're having to go through. I mean, we're talking about thousands upon thousands of civilians dying in, in just bombing random city centers and, and just places where they think people are. I mean, this guy's just killing civilians at will. Right. So, um, and not only that, but the fact that there's so many hands in the cookie jar over there, you've got us backing the rebels to, to take out, Al, you know, Assad. You have the Russians who, I don't know if they want to keep them there or what. <laughs> you have, you know, some different other governments that are, that right. are feeding funds and money and armament into this area. It's like, get the fuck out of there. Well, I'm so tired of our government being involved in these, Really odd kind of pseudo nation building, crazy regime change type shit going on, and we're spending trillions of dollars doing things like that, fighting wars that aren't wars for oil money or defense contracts or nation building. It's so tiresome, and it's to the tune of you know our national deficit over the last sixteen years. If you take sure. the last two presidencies, right, ha- has only risen because of these wars and all the bullshit that's happened. Yeah. Literally since two thousand one, since nine eleven, and then the Iraq War exponentially. It right. went from, I want to say it was about three or so trillion, and don't take me on pure fact for this, but it was right around there, to I think we're at like somewhere around 16 trillion now. Maybe even more. I haven't looked at it, but it's, it's sad. Yeah. And it's so much money, and it's so much time, and it's going to be on the backs of the taxpayers. And, and I hate that, that you know, people don't understand that has to be paid off. That has to, at some point, be paid off. Well, and if it's not paid off, it, it devalues our dollar, yeah, it does. which is worse in the world economy as well, because you can't borrow as much if your dollar's not worth as much. Yeah. It's basic economy. It I mean, hurts our country. It does. It all of these decisions have been made. Have yeah. actually been hurting our country. All of yeah. this defense spending and posturing and this bullshit. It's hurting our country at its core for the long term. Right. And these short-sighted motherfuckers don't see it, and it's frustrating to me. So anyway, back to the Syrians. Um, 
So they have all this. I know, right? We're, we're the ADD of we podcasts, right? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So come back to these poor freaking people who are just absolutely being ravaged in their own neighborhoods and their own things where they used to play in the streets and have education and, and be living their lives, you know, and, and they're watching their fathers and brothers and sisters and mothers die completely ridiculously for no real reason. It doesn't seem like anyway. It doesn't seem like anything's really founded other than religious context or some sort of, you know, land dispute or some bullshit. And that's the whole Middle East in a nutshell too, on top of all that. But, um, and then they have, they have to find somewhere to go. Because you can't stay there unless you want to die, and nobody in their right mind wants to sit there and wait for a bombshell to drop on their head, you know. So, so yes, we have millions of refugees, however many it is, it's somewhere around there, and they've got to go somewhere. And the best place to go in their minds, because of where does all the pop culture and all the crazy shit come from? Yay, America! There's a nice burp. Mm. Yay, America! Mm, mm, Smelt nice. Um, <laughs> So, of course, that's going to be, you know, one place where they're going to want, yeah, send us to America. We can build a better life for ourselves. It's the same reason why so many Mexican immigrants, especially from the farming communities in middle Mexico and stuff, want to come up here. They want to sojourn. They want to come up here, get jobs. They don't give a shit if they pay taxes. All of them do. They may be illegal, but, you know. Well, they're still on the payroll. They're still so on they're the payroll. Taxes. They're still paying They're still taxes. part of the economy. Exactly. And people want to shout, oh, immigrants, this. And immigrants. Oh, what are they going to do about illegal immigrants? What are you going to do about it? Nothing. Because they, they make your fucking salary. They wash your dishes, they farm your fields, they clean, they landscape, they do all of the work that a lazy white person won't ever do, or a black person, or whatever. Anybody else that's been in America for longer than X amount of time will not do, or, or at least as an issuance of pride, wouldn't do for the amount of money that they do it for. Yeah, exactly. So the immigration debate is just ridiculous to me because our country was founded on that. A lot of countries do allow immigrants, but they have a good cool. vetting process. And that's, that's all they have to do is the bureaucracy that's broken right now needs to be fixed. Absolutely. Uh, and I hate to say that because I'm not a big bureaucrat fan. I'm not a big fan of paperwork and whatnot. Yeah. But there has to be a system. There has to be a system in place. Well, there it is. Needs, it's just not efficient. It's, it's not efficient. Yeah. It's, it's, it can work. It's but not you need efficient. to have competent people. It's not efficient because when you continue to throw money at things that aren't helping our nation without throwing it at the infrastructure and the things that will help our nation, exactly. guess what's going to fucking happen? Exactly. So, And that's the eye-opener for the rest of the world is, hey, guys, think about it. The reason why we're not improving as a nation is because we keep on going into other nations and spending all our fucking money and time and never seeing a thing back for it, ever. Right. When we could be improving relations here – I mean, look at look at some of the things that Obama has done. That I mean, people there's people are so polarized on that man. I think he's great. I think some of the things as far as civil liberties he's done, like signing that uh, the um, I think it's the NDA or whatever. It's the new Disclosure Act that yes. has to do with uh, NSA and this and that. Okay, not cool. But you know what? If you're doing nefarious shit and you get caught, well, it's your bad. Um, but they shouldn't be wiretapping without a warrant, stuff like that. So that's got to go. That's really the one big bad thing he's done. The rest of it has all been. Fun. Fucking beautiful. He, he reestablished relationships with Cuba, which we haven't had in years, over some Cold War bullshit. Um, you know, he, he's, he's added millions of jobs since he's been in office. He's, he's brought the light back in the rest of the world's eyes for America because after 9-11 and invading a country for f- complete false pretenses and killing over 500,000 civilians, uh, we looked like the assholes of the world after that during well, the Bush presidency. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at it. If you looked across the world during that time, during Bush being in office with that, he was literally the clown. People had, you know, in other countries, it was like this asshole that runs this country that everybody loves so much, but is, they're wondering why Americans are so stupid to have him 
you know, and being over in Europe and talking to these people. I mean, that's another thing too, is you have these people who are like, oh, the worldview, uh, the way the world views us is, is nobody likes us because of Obama. That's absolute bullshit. When I was over in, in Europe in 2011 for a month backpacking, I did nothing but talk to people and build relationships with people. And we went to about 10 different countries while we were over there. Each country I went to, one of the biggest conversations that would come up is that how happy people were that Obama was president now and that Bush was finally out and that we were finally seeing some progression in in our nation as a whole. And and whether that's to you know on Obama's back or not, which I think it partially is, um, maybe the fact that he did have uh, uh, more of a Congress to deal with, he had more Democrats in Congress and could actually do a little bit more in his first term, possibly, who knows. There was a lot of obstructionism in the second term, and he dealt with a lot of bullshit. That's why he had to use executive orders like crazy, um, even in just passing this gun thing. This gun issue is huge uh, to me because I'm a gun lover. I love guns. I own guns. Uh, I enjoy shooting. I enjoy target shooting. Um, they're just they're fun. They're a fun thing to do. They're ones that I go with my uncle and my cousins to shoot, you know, every once in a while. Yeah. And uh, and it's a recreational thing. Yeah, I love and them as well. I'm exactly. a gun lover as well. Totally. Though- I mean, you used to work for a dealer right. in your perspective. So yeah. it's just uh, uh, the world's crazy, man. And this, these these things that make the world torn, torn, turn, Durka, uh, the things that make the world turn, um, they're in your face. You can see them. They're factual. They're tangible. It's easy to see this stuff, and it just bugs me when people don't. That's kind of the last word on that. What do you What do you think, bud? Well, just like you said, I mean, they're so. I think that that having a world view, a humane view of of the world, is better. Like you said, we are all connected, and as the world is now, you cannot just remove parts of the economy i.e. Mexican immigrants. Yeah, sure, there are illegal immigrants, but they're part of the economy, and you cannot remove them. You cannot just remove these people. You cannot. They have, they have children here that have, that have, been, that have, been, that have been born in the United States. They're citizens. Mm-hmm. They're naturalized. So how can you consciously and humanely remove a parent from their children how can how can you do that that is look it's appalling if if dude or chick are out working on a construction site if they're if they're a job foreman if they're working in the fields if they're a mechanic if they're a warehouse boss if they're an operations manager if somewhere. If they're washing dishes. If they, I mean, even if they Look, have a place. They're part of the economy. That's right. And unfortunately, I don't believe that people that are immigrants are any less apt to commit crimes or destroy the fabric of America because they're here. They want to come here so they can succeed because they love what we stand for. Absolutely. Which is, which is – which is – that should motivate them to be better to our country in the first place. Yeah. Well, and, and to base your opinion on something so anthropological as as immigration breeding crime, that's not true. Uh, it's, it's absolutely yeah, not true. It's, it's more circumstantial. Yeah, yeah it, absolutely. It, it's crime happens when people are poor <laughs> and they feel uh, – basically um, disenfranchised Oppressed, right. and so they want to act out that's where a lot of crime comes from you know not only that but also comes from the the lack of money and then the fact that we focus so much on consumerism people want what they don't have yeah. 
And the thing is, is that as people get older, I mean, all these, I mean, a good, for instance, I worked landscaping my first couple of years of college and I worked with some amazing men and women who were Mexican, absolutely, El Salvadorian, Guatemalan, absolutely. great people, family hard people, working, hard. the hardest, the hardest, the working. hardest, working. my ass was, was a foreman. I first started driving a truck, delivering plants. And then I ended up being a foreman for a crew or a crew runner. They called them. And because I spoke Spanish and the stories these guys had were just amazing of the shit that they went through to get into this country to be able to make a decent living, which isn't I mean, if they were making 10 an hour, they were happy. They were they were so happy because, A, that's making a lot more than they were at home. They could build out whatever village or Pueblo or whatever they had in West Calientes or Zacatecas or, or whatever city they came from or somewhere in El Salvador. I mean, these guys really traveled super far to come to this country for their dream to make and better their family life. And you can't blame them for that. If I was in that situation, I'd do the same fucking thing. Oh, yeah. And I think... Well, you're doing it right now. It's what you want to do. Absolutely. And I was just lucky enough to be born right. in a nation where yeah. where I do have uh, some system of freedom in this capitalist society where I can, if I hustle and work hard enough, I can make a future for myself, you know, and, and, and get educated enough and whatever else. Um, so, yeah, you can't you can't blame all this stuff on... Immigration, you can't. That's why we have a justice system. That's why we have policing. Okay, the, the ones that do commit crimes, catch them and deport them. That's your job. That's the immigration's job. That's the justice system's job. That's policing's job. Past that, the rest of them are helping. Because guess what's going to happen? You deport all of the illegal immigrants right now, it doesn't create a vacuum. It creates a fucking void. Right. Because nobody yeah. wants to fill those shoes. Right. Nobody wants to make 10 an well, hour. Who's going to fill those shoes, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's not like a lot of people are, you know, it's not like it was eight years ago when everybody was looking for a job and there was none. Yeah. And there was a housing crisis and all this ill shit was happening because of the banks failing and all this crap. I mean, literally, America was fucking hell in a handbasket because of of the banks and poor governance and defense spending and contracting and all this bullshit. And so to see where it was, to see where it is now, to me, I'm proud to call myself an American, proud to call myself liberal, and, and, and not only that, but proud to call myself progressive because I want to see our nation progress, not regress. I don't want to go backwards. No, Who the fuck wants to no, go you backwards? Can't. You, you, can't. You, you cannot go backwards. There's too, too many people that have fought to get to where they are now. For us to go backwards. Yeah. I mean, what are we going to do? I mean, there were people that died, died for nothing building the infrastructure of this country. Do we want to go back to those days where you had to die? You know, they died for a better life. So these people that died want you to go back to that so you can die? <laughs> I mean, they, they're probably rolling around in their fucking graves yeah. going, what are you guys doing? Well, what's hilarious about that is it sounds absurd when you say it. Like, they want to – yeah, but it's so true because no. if you give these kind of neo, almost borderline fascist Republicans yes. power, they take every 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 bit of bureaucracy or government away and put it in, a, in the hands of private companies who would bastardize it and completely exploit it. And then you'd have a ton of poor people and you'd have all these people disenfranchised. You'd have all this crime, all these problems, but they don't look at that. Look they at don't Mexico. Mexico. Well, exactly. It's a perfect <laughs> Mexico is a perfect example. It's a perfect look example. at Mexico City and then look at the rest of Mexico. Right. That's exactly what would happen to America. Exactly. You, it, what's hilarious to me is is I there was a huge study done recently because of all of the whining about liberals taking from the government. The majority of people that are on welfare in this country consider themselves and vote Republican. 
and are conservative. And you know where the majority of, of them are? In the Midwest and in the South. Huge populations yeah. of them. Right. Of people that are on welfare and they're taken from the government, but then they want to vote for Donald Trump because he's a fucking loudmouth. And it's just the most ridiculous, completely contradictory thing ever. And I hate it. Yeah, Absolutely even, hate it. But don't what, even get me started on Trump. I know. I know. <laughs> we, won't, we won't talk about that on this particular episode. Right. So basically a lot going on in our world today, folks. We will talk about this stuff a lot. We'll get heavy and we'll also get light. Uh, so let's take it a little bit lighter. Um, recently, actually, a couple of friends of mine have been uh, doing a little thing called kickboxing. Um, not it's, only it's actually Muay Thai kickboxing. Oh, so, excuse me, Muay Thai kickboxing, which is uh, explain the difference, Cliff. Okay, what Muay Thai is is it's the it's the ancient fighting art of Thailand, which is a which over the years has been a war torn Asian Asian land. Basically, it is the art of eight limbs. So you have you have your two fists, your two elbows, your two knees, and your two bottom of your legs, which are your feet. And you use them as a way for self-defense. Well, Muay Thai is the fighting version of the art of eight limbs. Um, now, what is does eight limbs come from the saying Muay Thai? Is that what that is? Or? I, I, you know what? I'm not sure, but I will. You know. I would imagine that has something to do with it, though. Right, sure. I, I would imagine. But it is, it is a traditional style of martial art, and, but it is, a, it is a, an art that is practiced a lot in the way that it was traditionally created. So, Meaning that the root of its principles is what holds it together as an art. Form. It's what holds it together, and they also practice those all those old, old techniques. And it's you train in Muay Thai as you would. It's 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 an inherent fighting style. It is the national sport of Thailand. Okay, children are raised in Muay Thai. Um, it, it, it really is the only way for an adult male to make good money there. It's kind of like the baseball baseball to America is Muay Thai to Thailand. Absolutely. It is, it is, it is, uh, it's, it's huge over there. They have huge stadiums there. They have national heroes there that are, it's, it is the sport of, of Thailand. Yeah. It's beautiful too, to watch. It really is. As far as a combat sport goes, uh, the techniques well, it's, and it's pure it's yeah. a pure it's a pure combat sport most most martial arts these days their root their root style has been watered down and they have taken aspects of the root style that are deemed too hard for the average person to either to, to either do or practice or it's too brutal to the normal person to, sure. to, 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 for them to watch not Muay Thai. They have elbows, they have knees, they have shin kicks, and it's a bloody sport. Yeah. And they have not they have not turned their style into a sport. Most martial arts have. There's judo and jujitsu, which judo is a sport style of of of, of jujitsu. So as a as a martial arts style, it's pure. Yeah. And where I train, it's taught that way. 
And where do you train? I train at Reno City Kickboxing. Kickboxing, right. Yeah. So so kickboxing essentially is like the – it's kind of like, hi, this is the Americanized term for Muay Thai, essentially. Right. Or it's the Or it's kind of like the bastard child of Muay Thai, kickboxing, because it's become such a – I mean, if you look yes. at it, and now it's like a fitness sport. Kickboxing, right. I could, right. you know, but then right. you have Muay Thai, which is the combat form of kickboxing. Would well, you agree with that? Well, or? no, it's the root form of it. Okay. It's the root form of it. Kickboxing – in the eighties really described the American style, which was more of a, like a, uh, a, a flashy kick Taekwondo mix with Western style. Van Damme. It's like blood yes. sport, the movie boxing, and- Western boxing mixed with, with, uh, with, uh, with a style of big kicks, like push kicks, side kicks, spin kicks. There's some ax kicks thrown in there. Sure. And in the eighties, the uh, the American martial artists did not have a lot of experience with a guy that came from Thailand that did traditional Muay Thai. Muay Thai traditional is 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 a lot about damaging the legs, low kicks to the legs. So what you had were all these 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 great American guys were fighting these guys that were were here from overseas that. Um, that wanted to bring their style to America, so there were there were all these huge fights in, in America between these 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 masters from over in Thailand with with our guys here, and it changed the face of the sport forever. That, kind of similar, didn't that same thing kind of happen with uh, like karate and kung fu and stuff with Bruce Lee? They had the masters would go against people who were training here and stuff, and kind of Bruce Lee started the the transient effect of moving martial arts into uh, into America, basically, and kind of assimilating the their forms and the way that they do things the proper way, whether it be kung fu or muay thai or whatever else. Is that kind of the the um, timeline of how things go or, or well, went or he had his style he had he had what he practiced because his body style the the styles that he practiced what he took from were were all conducive to his body type so things that worked for him wouldn't necessarily work for everybody. Sure, because he wasn't. I mean, he was very powerful for his size, but he was more speed and finesse, right? And and, and, and he connecting. was a really small guy, and he loved to stretch. And I mean, he 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 was he was actually someone that could pull off stuff that not everybody could. M- mostly, his contribution to the martial arts was that a training philosophy which was just to train and to figure out what works for you. So you have two schools of thought. You have the school that practices what Bruce Lee practices, and they teach that exclusively as a style. And then you have the other side, which practices it, practices it as a philosophy of training. So you can, you can train whatever you want. Sure. In a philosophy, but he was against a static style. Well, it's been perverted to a style now, and you have the school that teaches and a every, style. Exactly. So you right. have Muay Thai and karate and kung fu. Right, and, okay. which is a mix. But, but his his contribution to the to <coughs> the whole – to martial arts as a whole was basically a training philosophy. Not training, 
he didn't tell people what to train in because that wasn't his philosophy because he didn't like static styles or static training regimes or a curriculum. He had no, no, for him, he, he studied what was good for him, but he understood that what he was good at, not everybody would be good at. Like what I'm good at, you, you might not be good at. Absolutely. So it basically a good martial arts instructor their training philosophy is to make you better and to understand what you're good at. And Muay Thai is applicable for everybody because it is, there's not a lot of flashy kicks. You don't, um, you don't necessarily move as much in other martial arts as a very straightforward straightforward martial yeah, art. Yeah, your, your opponent's right in front of you your and you're, you're right beating the you. shit out of each other. Right. I mean, if so, you watch these matches, they're fantastically brutal, but right. they're also beautiful. They are beautiful. It, it, it's, it's because it's such a pure martial art. Yeah. It's such a pure martial art. So so the reason why we bring this up is I've been watching as uh, one of our good friends, uh, our, our friend Matt, uh, who we call Tiny, who's a giant man. And I'm a pretty big guy. I'm 6'2", sitting at about 330 pounds right now. And this guy makes me look small. That's how big he is. He's 6'7", or 6'8", 400 pounds. And, but he's just like the nicest guy you'd ever meet. Um, and he'd been having health problems and, and, and all this stuff here and there and, and needed something to kind of, kind of help him with, with, you know, even the internal chemicals, depression and stuff like that, like we all battle. And he found kickboxing and he has been a brighter individual. He's losing weight. He's, he's doing really great. He loves, loves talking about it. It's all shit. It's all he talks about lately. And, uh, and not only that, but it's improving his life and anything that improves my friends' lives, I am all for. And so I'm totally, as soon as, uh, I'm coming kind of fresh off of a meniscus injury, uh, I've been down for about three months now, but as soon as this thing is fully healed, I'm back to about, you know, 85, 90%. I'm going to join, I'm going to come and start doing this because a, it seems like it profoundly is a fun and B it's, it's really helping not only mentally, but physically, uh, my friends and, and everybody's really enjoying it, which is awesome. I've had previous experience. Uh, I used to do kickboxing, which is what we called it. It wasn't, I don't know if it was really Muay Thai cause I know, uh, our trainer, his name is John X, uh, does also train Muay Thai, but he used to have these kickboxing classes in San Diego. I used to go down there and work with my friend, uh, Jess at the nightclubs, uh, down there and go. And it was just the funnest thing. It was just so fun to just kick the bags and we had some really hard training sessions, but I mean, really harder than even wrestling in high school was and stuff like that. And even double days for football, um, I would just be drenched in sweat, but, but it had so much fun. So, um, so, you know, a good plug for our, our friends at Reno city kickboxing here in Reno, Nevada. Um, great gym, good people, the best trainers in town. Uh, if you get a chance to go check them out, um, they didn't even ask us to do this. I just want to, because they have a fantastic gym and they're doing great things for people. So that's awesome, man. Now you run, um, you've been in a martial arts since you were a little kid. I, I know that. And, uh, and you run a, a martial arts blog. What's that called? It's, and what's that all about? The name of the blog is tides of technique tides of technique dot com tides of technique dot com okay tides of, of com and the reason why i started that is because with me joining rck i have renewed my love of martial arts i've been off and on with it for years it's kind of a love a thing 
Um, I was really into it, hard training, hard sparring um, years and years ago. So with this, I have I finally found a place where I can express myself. And martial arts to me is a true expression of myself. Nice. So I feel that at this gym, it really, it really motivated me to find my true inner self. Right. And even though I don't train as much as I'd like to for other for other issues and, and for other reasons, it motivated me to take writing and martial arts and mold them into one. And two I, things you love. It's awesome. Two things I love and two things I think I can speak on. So this martial arts blog is basically just about – are we good? Yeah, yeah, we're good. I was just checking the time. Um, it's, it, <laughs> you can edit this out. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what this is about is it, it's about the stories of martial arts. It's about the stories of the instructors – locally that have changed my life and a lot of other people's lives. Very I, cool. I don't want to, I don't want the blog to be about moves or techniques or about fights. I want it to be about what martial arts has done for myself and everybody I know and their students. I won't want it to be about the school and the style. Um, and, how the style has influenced the school or the instructors or the students at the school, because it's not about styles. It's about instructors. Every style. Well, that's, I mean, it's the same thing across the board with any teaching. Exactly. It's about the teacher and how they can, they can allow you to learn better for yourself as a student. A good teacher makes a good student. Uh, It does. And that's it. And you, a teacher that strives to make their students better than them will always be a better teacher as well. I know that whenever I teach somebody, I learn every time. So with that said, that's what I want to, f- this blog will focus on the, the whole of martial arts as a philosophy, as a practice, as a, as a way to make yourself better. Um, if all the tools are available in martial arts to make yourself better in many ways, mentally spiritually emotionally physically they're all there yeah. you got to have the teacher and the school to bring it out of you and i know so many great instructors in this town and with martial arts in general that that's what i want to do i want to highlight those people yeah and when i started at rck i found people there that really cared about their students and cared about bringing their style to the masses and bringing the best out of the people that come to the gym. And and I want to do that as well with this blog. That's beautiful, man. You know, and honestly, not only does it help the community to have things like that that are actually because I've been in training situations before where I walk in and I try jujitsu gym or whatever and they're just, it's just a bunch of meatheads and they're just sure. they just want to churn memberships, basically. And that's not cool to me. No. I think if anything, it should be an experience. It should be enlightening. You should have that spiritual and that emotional attachment to your right. trainer, to your training, right. to the discipline itself, right. whether it's jujitsu or kickboxing or whatever else. So, so the blog sounds beautiful to me and that's tidesoftechnique.com. Yes, sir. 
Okay. Very cool, man. Very cool. Um, My experience, I haven't done a lot of kickboxing, obviously. I did, I'm a a black belt in West Coast Taekwondo, which is stupid. (laughs) Who cares about that? No way. It's still legit. I know. It's it's the most legit. It's so funny because as a little kid, you know, it was so cool when my friends had the gi and I'm like, what is that? Oh, we're doing Taekwondo. Cool. I'll go do that. So you do it. And then you hear, you know, uh, and it's the total truth, but like listen to Joe Rogan's podcast and having him say that Taekwondo relatively is the useless, most useless form of martial arts, but because it's, it's, you know, but it's not, you know, you have the forms and you have the things that allow for the discipline. And I understand that aspect of it. But then as I got older, um, I saw my friends and stuff doing, cause I wrestled in high school and I wasn't amazing at it, but I wasn't bad at it. You know, I, I always finished in tournaments placed and this and that and, and had fun with it as long as I could. Um, and so there was that kind of thing, but you can't really consider wrestling a martial art. It's more of like a Greco Roman, you know, kind of old school philosophy go back that way. Um, whereas martial arts are more from, I guess they would be more rooted in the, um, in the Asian countries, right? I guess that's kind no, of, the- no, it's not, it's, I think what m- martial means war. So, so the art of war. The, they are they are literally arts of war. They they were created and they came about with a need for self defense or offense. I mean, that's just how it was. So, um, the Asians do not have the do not you know they don't hold the license on right, martial, arts. martial arts. Sure, and, and actually, the it, it is said. I don't know how true this is, but said that the. Martial arts originated in India, okay, oh. and the the guy the guy purportedly that that started practicing martial arts traveled around the world, and he picked stuff up from each fighting style from every place he went. So he picked up he went to um, Europe and learned some Western style boxing, and each because each culture. Has cultures have not been civilized for forever. Sure, and, so, and therefore assimilated to other cultures so that they could blend in. Right. Well, every culture is a warring culture because. <laughs> Hold on a second. All right, we're back. Sorry, uh, we had to take a quick little break. Um, had a phone call and some other things go on. Um, I believe we were talking about martial arts. Um, and the fact that it's uh, a, it's had a profound effect on your life and your blog ties of technique, uh, and you're able to now write and uh, and be a part of Reno City Kickboxing, which has helped you expand your horizons and makes you feel better, uh, and, and has reignited your spirit for uh, for martial arts lately. Um, and uh, that's awesome. I was going to share kind of my story with martial arts. I think that's where we were at right. uh, when we left off. Um, Anyhow, yeah, so I wrestled in high school, um, and then, you know, I did, when I was even younger and up into high school, I did Taekwondo forever, um, but I never really got into anything past that until I started doing jiu-jitsu. Uh, my first experience with that was over at the, there was a, an original West Coast Taekwondo school, and there was this guy that we called Professor Sherman that used to do jiu-jitsu classes on Saturdays. And uh, we used to go over there, and I was really young doing this, but we, it was kind of like a very different form of jujitsu than even now. I remember learning it and, and thinking, "Oh, this is neat," and it's you know, it's like wrestling, but it's you know, and um, so that was kind of my first experience with it, and it never really kind of caught on. And then as I got older, and all my friends were doing jujitsu and seeing you know, kind of all these different avenues and whatnot, I decided to take it up. And there's a school here 
that is ran by Alexander Garcia. Um, and he, he's just a, one of the best. Well, first of all, let's go to my experience. We, the first time I walked in there, um, the Alexander himself walked up and greeted me, um, commented on my size, of course, gave me a hug and said, you know, welcome. And was like the nicest guy. Right. And, and you don't get that very often. Usually it's like, Oh, it's like, Oh, who's this guy, you know, coming into our gym kind of a thing. Usually like in a lot of experiences that I've had with this, it was family from the start. It was positive energy, encouragement the whole way. Um, not only that, but seeing the areas where I had talent and really respecting that, it gave me the confidence to, and, and I went for a couple months and then had to take a few months off. And then I went for a couple months and I had to take, take a few months off. Life happens when you're yep. busy making plans, yep. right? Oh, so yeah. um, it was beautiful. And I cannot wait to get back to it because when I do a real sin kickboxing and then Alexander Garcia, he, he runs, uh, I think it's, uh, it's the Gracie school here, but it's called Humita Gracie, yes. something like that. Yes. Um, and it's just beautiful and I love him and the way he teaches and everything. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back to doing that and kickboxing cause I love it. And the kickboxing thing just sounds amazing. So I'm, I'm very excited for that. Um, it's funny because it, Doing that jujitsu, I went with some friends to Las Vegas uh, for this thing called Naga. It's like a grappling thing that they hold every year. And this was a couple years back. Um, and basically through them egging me on, I entered into the super heavyweight division because I was about 335 pounds at the time. Uh, and I ended up winning a gold medal in it just because of, A, the training that I received there, and, B, just being somewhat athletic. Um, I had a good showing and beat two people and won a gold medal. So it was pretty cool. And and I understand the kind of the profundity of feeling uh, – that you've accomplished something and learning a martial art and being disciplined enough to learn the techniques and stuff like that. So martial arts is pretty freaking cool in my book. Oh yeah, know. absolutely. I'm it's, into it. It's uh, if you get the right instructor and you and you're at, at the right gym, they will test you and you will be able to see what you are absolutely, what you who you are as a person, what you're made of, if you can handle, if, you can handle hard times if you can handle being awesome. I mean, the, the, there there are a lot of people that can't handle being good well, as well. And you know what? There's something to be said, whether you're a man or a woman, human being, period, of finding that tipping point, that kind of straw that breaks the camel's back right. philosophy, finding that spot inside you and going past that. Right. And, and, and understanding and knowing that you're not made of glass. Right. And that you can push past Absolutely. what you thought would kill you. Right. You know, I, I see people all the time, and and I did CrossFit for many years at a, at a great gym here called CrossFit Initiative, um, where I would watch people come in one month, and, and even myself when I first started, come in and, and even trying the workouts would just die, just in the middle of it, just have to quit, tap out, because it's just brutal, you know, that they're they're going from not exercising ever to trying to do these dynamic movements and stuff. And even then just the learning part of it, not understanding like weightlifting and all this stuff. And then learning again, just like martial arts, learning the philosophy and the reason why you do the movements a certain way. And the reason, uh, you know, in the background of it and whatnot, and then understanding that pushing yourself to that limit. And then finally through that limit is what makes you better is what makes you a, a real human being, you know, that, and that's as, especially as Americans, I don't think that we, have to deal with adversity as often as no. maybe somebody in a third world country or no even way. in just another country where no they way. have to work harder or, or have, you know, have less than we do. We're definitely fortunate to live in a country that is, 
A, as vast and as opportunistic as America is, but is also as assimilated as it is into the culture. We have everything. We've got jiu-jitsu from Brazil. We've got, I could take Krav Maga if I wanted to. I could, I could take Kung Fu if I wanted to, or, or any of these numbers, capoeira, whatever, because they have people here from those countries, again, immigration, that have brought those things over to benefit us as a nation. And I think that's beautiful. That right there just shows why being an immigrant is beautiful in this country and, and, and why it's beautiful. Just period. It's beautiful, it. man. <coughs> I'm coughing. Oh, beautiful. Goodness. Beautiful, baby. Um, let's see. All right, all right, all right. And we are back, Jack. Biznack. Have to take a little Briznake. Um, so basically any of our new listeners, I love you. Uh, we will have the website up very soon. Uh, it is thehellapodcast.com. All one word. T-H-E-H-E-L-L-A podcast.com. The Hella. Uh, we'll have Facebook up, all that fun stuff. This will be up on SoundCloud and will be up on iTunes. Uh, we'll probably be up on iTunes since you're listening to it. Um, so uh, look forward to doing some new episodes. We're going to try and do weekly, if not bi-weekly episodes. And look forward to having some awesome guests. So if you want to be a guest... On the Hella Podcast, just email Brandon at thehellapodcast.com. That's Brandon at thehellapodcast.com. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, a couple more topics left to talk about, and we'll, we'll let you guys go. Um, I want to talk about a little experience I had last, uh, last weekend with a good friend of mine named John Toll. Um, great guy. Uh, one of my old school friends, um, he was uh, basically kind of like a big brother to me growing up. Really good dude. Um, musically hilarious. Uh, he has a, a, a great new album out, uh, Pit Boss 2000 or PB2K. They've got an album out called The Cult of Fuck Yeah. Fuck spelled a P-H. Um, and it's just thrash fun stuff for all those metalheads that like a little hardcore thrash. Um, plus it's just fun. It's, it's mature but fun and like kind of, I don't know, quirky and and great to listen to, and it's seamless. The album's seamless, so it just goes and goes. It's just fun. Good gym music. Um, but good dude, and he does stand-up comedy, and he's fantastic at it, and he's so damn funny. Um, and so we saw him a couple weekends ago here uh, for New Year's Eve over that weekend. He was here, uh, and, and he stayed with me, and uh, went and watched a couple of his comedy shows. And and, uh, and being around him and his, uh, his buddy that came up with him that was actually headlining, uh, his name is uh, Steve Simone. Uh, one of the funniest comics I've seen live ever. Great guy. He's got his own podcast. I think it's called the Good Good Times Podcast. Awesome dude. Um, and one of the most positive people, him and John. Uh, and what's hilarious is John was kind of like, like we were, we were young. We were kind of negative people. And yeah, absolutely. Fuck this, fuck that, whatever. Well, nowadays for me, especially being a grown up, I'm all about positivity. And then being around these dudes who were uber positive and just about life and moving forward and having good times and stuff. It was beautiful. And it made for one of the best weekends I've had in a long time. Um, ended up watching a lot of comedy, laughing a ton, talking a ton about everything, obviously about, you know, purse velocities, straight edge and, and, uh, and people who sell out and, 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 and what does anything mean anymore in politics and religion and everything, but being able to have these conversations and laugh about them and have a great time. And it was beautiful. So, um, in doing that, me and tiny, our friend, uh, were there and we got to thinking, Hey, why don't we start doing comedy? 
you know, because I've done some open mic stuff before many years ago here in town and, and got a good response and had fun doing it. But I've always been kind of an MC. I had, a, you know, I did hip hop forever uh, with a couple different groups and stuff years ago and had a lot of fun with it. So for me, it's a little more natural. But for, sure. for our friend Matt, who's who's kind of unless you know him and are good friends with him, he's kind of an introvert. Um, he's going to try it too. And I love that. I love that the energy was so good that it even got him to do it. Yeah. So you know that that's rad, right? Like you can feel that. So, um, so in doing that, uh, I will be this weekend uh, opening a comedy show for uh, Kabizi, which is a Kabir. His name's Kabir Kabizi Singh, I think is his last name. But he's just funny. I think he's, he's either Iranian, Persian, something like that. Uh, but he's just hilarious, kind of over-the-top comedy, and he does uh, some funny, some different funny things. Um, but I'm actually opening the show for him tomorrow night. Uh, at renotilecomedy.com. All the info's up there, but it's tomorrow night at Pioneer Underground. Uh, and then Matt, uh, Tiny, is opening the show, the late show, on Saturday night for him. Um, we're both only doing about five minutes. Uh, but it's going to be cool to see Ace, to see Matt come out of his shell, and for me to just try and get back in the game a little bit and have fun with it and just literally be positive and just go out there and see if I can get a few laughs and, and, and flex the you know, a muscle that I haven't used in a long time. And not only that, but do it because I just want to have fun and live my life to the fullest. And for me, that's what I want my 2016 to be about living life to the fullest, not regretting anything. If I want to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm not going to sit back and say, Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I'm doing that. And then not do it. This podcast being one of those things. Absolutely. For you, my man, what does your 2016 look like? Well, I think it is about me doing what I want to as well. Um, if you know me, you understand that I stutter sometimes pretty severely. So even doing this right now is rough. Can I say you've done a great job tonight? Thank you very Only much. Only a couple Thank bad ones. Did a good job. So let's yeah. high five. High, high five? High five. Very nice. <laughs> so, and I also have a, a stuttering scribe blog. That is my, my brand. That's right. It's, it's the stuttering scribe dot wordpress dot com. Um, it is a satire-based blog. I expound on things from motocross to martial arts to Trump to whoever's on there at the moment. If if you've drawn the ire of me, I'll write about you on the blog. <laughs> but my goal this year is to do the things that have held me back in the past by me having a speech impediment and i've decided that this year i will not i will not let it hold you back second place to anybody to anyone for any reason at all so this is our year this is my year this is my friend's year um matt's doing great things brandon who's right across from me is doing great things um and that's that's outstanding. That inspires me even more. Um, I have, Your beard inspires me. I, really I wish like I had a beard. beard like that. I I'll can't grow one. Rub it on your Sorry to interrupt later. you. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, so, and I want to see my f- f- friends succeed, and I've surrounded myself this year with positive people. And through the hardships that I had last year, I have, I have, uh, I've come out of that stronger better and you know that's what i want to be awesome it's beautiful you know and it's it's as cliche as it is <coughs> excuse me <coughs> edit that out um 
as cliche as it is, it's still the truth. It is – if you surround yourself with positive people, you'll be a positive person. But if you surround yourself Absolutely. with negativity, you'll be a negative person. Absolutely. And, and who wants to live in the dark like that? You know, Screw that. That's not what it's well. about. So, so being a new year, even though it doesn't really matter relatively, time's relative, whatever, but we still have to live by – you know, live and die by the calendar. So – and we do have a five day work week that we have to deal with, and Mondays and Fridays and things like that. So yeah, I'm gonna boy. I'm gonna live every day. Fuck work. Fuck fuck work. You know what? I love work. Let me tell you about my work real quick. I run a company called Ace Technology Services, uh-huh. where I provide IT consulting to businesses <laughs> in Northern Nevada. That's what I am. I'm a, I'm a big fucking nerd. What's funny is you guys will see pictures of me, and you'll be like, "That guy does IT work." It happens all the time. But uh, that's what I do, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but. And so for me, yes, if I was working for somebody else, I'd say fuck work too. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, my man. Hella. That's hella. the theme is hella. Hella. Hella tight. Hella awesome. Hella good looking. I don't know. You can't see us, obviously. Yeah, you can hear our we, voices, but just put we like are. a sexy man. We are. With the voice. Don't ever look at our pictures because you'll be disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, boy. Oh, man. Well, okay. I think that concludes most of the topics that we wanted to talk about. So uh, there's a few few people and things, businesses, whatnot, that I'd like to plug at the end of our show. Um, mostly because these are people that I love and trust and, and think that they're good people and they're doing good things in our community here in Northern Nevada. Um, for me, um, obviously I've told you about my business, but uh, also Mr. Clifton Kump and his blog, uh, The Tides of Technique. Uh, and you can find that at tidesofteknique.com. Yes, sir. Per- beautiful. Um, this is The Hella Podcast at thehellapodcast.com, and you'll find us on iTunes. Um, Reno City Kickboxing, great place, awesome to learn uh, kickboxing, uh, Muay Thai kickboxing, and all of that, but become uh, mentally, physically, spiritually a better person. Um, uh, Alexander Gracie, uh, sorry, Alexander Garcia, uh, jujitsu, uh, his website is agjujitsu.com. Great guy, great uh, jujitsu coach. Honestly, one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet here in Northern Nevada. He has a fantastic school. Go check him out. Uh, please tell any of these businesses that you do go to that the Hella Podcast and Brandon and Cliff sent you. Um, Motosource, uh, for us guys that do ride dirt bikes, uh, my man Cliff over here has ridden and competed on a dirt bike for many years and is a badass, a B-A-D to the A-S-S on a dirt bike. I don't know um, about that, but I try. Thank you. <laughs> definitely, dude. Back in the day when I used to ride with you and yeah. I would try and keep up, I literally yeah. almost died probably yeah. thousands of times. There so you you're, you're pretty sexy on a bike. But anyhow, our friends run a business here uh, called Motosource, which is a fantastic spot to get your bike worked on or find parts or whatever else. It's a very family-oriented business, so go check them out. Um, if you enjoy guns, uh, a friend of ours, Brian, runs a company called Zephyr Defense uh, where they custom build anything you want, really, as long as you can get parts for it. Uh, and they do Cerakoting, uh, which is ceramic firearms coating that helps not only the life of your firearm but looks really fucking cool. Yeah, um, looks, so check out right. Zephyr Defense here in northern Nevada. I do believe their website is ZephyrDefense.com. Um, and then for comedy here in town, there's no other place to go, but Reno Tahoe comedy.com. Um, they hold all the good events. They have all the good comics coming into town. Um, so, you know, if you want to see some up and coming talent, that just blows your socks off and is fun to watch. Check that out. Reno Tahoe comedy.com. Um, yeah. Amazing. How about you, Cliff? What you got? Well, as, uh, if you, if you know who I am, I love to write, and I actually write for a motocross-based blog in town, 
it is actually Northern Nevada's largest motocross based website blog message board. Um, it's mx775.com, mx775.com. Um, it gets about 3,000 hits a day, um, and we are actually we were actually going to be seeing the opener this weekend. So we should, uh, we should be watching that. Anyways, I write for MX775.com. Um, and let's see, he already plugged our friends over at, uh, Motosource. So that's good because they're great people, Richie and Jerry over there are, Awesome people. They will they help you with, they help you with whatever you want. Um, they have a wealth of knowledge, years of knowledge. They can work on anything. They can fix it. They can order any part you need. If you need something, get a hold of them. Um, and like I said, I also want to give a sh- give a shout out to RCK. I want to give a shout out to Instructors Brennan and Zach. For showing me and everybody else in there at our gym that that you can succeed and you can be better every day. Um, I, 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 I would also like to thank some of the members at the gym. Um, so there's Brennan, there's Zach, there's Jake, Adrian, Julian, Travis, Brittany, Ashley, Levi, Chuck. One of our old friends, he's there as well. Chucky. We love Chuck. Josh, Chops, Jess, Adam. Adam <laughs> so the Bomber. Many people. Adam the Bomber. Um, uh, there's so many people. There's uh, Byron and Diane, uh, Carlos. Uh, basically the whole Joe, school is awesome. Basically the whole school. Everybody that is great. <laughs> we all push, push each other. And, um, it is a gym that will test you. So if you, if you want to learn the the original combat style of Muay Thai, please look it up. If not, if you just want a good gym to go to that has a good atmosphere, it's team, it's chill, go there anyways. Um, and I also wanted to thank Lindsay at, um, highsierralegal.com. She has helped me with, with everything from. Uh, helping me when I had my ankle injury, I destroyed my ankle on a motorcycle. She helped haul me to work and back. Um, she is a great woman friend. She's, she's a stand up person in general. Hi, Sierra legal.com. If you need anything prepared, she, she offers legal advice. Um, and she also offers legal document preparation as well. So look her up. She will help you out. Right on. And that's all I got, I think. Cool, man. Well, first uh, issue of the Hella Podcast is in the books. And that was hella rad. That was hella rad. Uh, please, if you have any questions or concerns or comments, email us at brandon at Um Man, we look forward to cranking them out for you guys. Uh, if you have any criticisms, constructive or not, send them our way. I want to hear the feedback because I'm going to be continuing to do these episodes with hopefully a lot of awesome people and having a lot of fun. So uh, Northern Nevada and whoever else listens to us, thank you very much. And uh, we're signing off. See you. Love you. Bye. <laughs>